you missing your fix of the archers? Well, we've got the very solution for you. The Wiggly Podcast is back just for lockdown. Hope you enjoy this trip into the countryside. shed beautiful Sunday morning just walk the dogs up to the wood and uh, yeah Phil's uh, putting the hay in the feeders Bells of straw. Let's just stop in the digger. Hi. So I thought it'd be good to just have a look in the cow shed and understand what's going on. Okay, so first cow I can see is with calf. Fairly yeah. new calf. Yeah, so this, <laughs> this yard is the, where they're calving now. So these are the, half a dozen of the newest calves. Yeah. And the yard just over the way, the other half, is the first batch of calves. So the 22 or 3 cows and calves in there for uh, the, the oldest ones. And George is in there. Um, doing his business for next year. So the 23rd of March is the day that George gets spurred into action with a view to starting calving on the 1st of January. I see. So these cows have just got young calves and you're expecting them to get up to rumpty pumpy straight away? Yep. Yeah, they're, they're very much up for rumpy oh, pumpy. Yeah, after a couple of months after they... Well, some of them will go back to the bull within a month of that's uh, very keen. Reasonably, you're expecting them to go back to the bull within a couple of months. And actually, it's the most healthy thing for them after they've calved because it cleans out any of the debris from calving after birth and so on, makes sure they're At healthy. their front bottom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes them healthy. Oh. And the other thing is that they are actually, they seem far more content when they're in calf than when they're not. When if you ever have a bull break down so it's not working, then the cows are absolutely impossible to deal with. Right. So, um, 
they're really noisy at the moment, and these cows, part, and usually they're quiet. So well, what, what's the score? What's happened is I've opened the door to bring some litter and hay in, yep. and most of them have walked out of the door into the sunshine, and this causes a certain amount of consternation. So if you come up the shed, So is this a pleased cow or an annoyed cow? Uh, this is quite a content cow. It's a little bit of anticipation and excitement because... It is the time of year when they reasonably would expect to go out to grass. Well, that was what I was going to say to you, is, so, to me, you know, I've just walked up the woods. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. It's, um, what, 19th of April when yeah. we're recording this. The times I've heard that, you know, your cows should always be outside, pasture fed, yeah. New Zealand does it outside. There's a movement that means you shouldn't be feeding your cows with hay. You should always have them on grass. You mustn't supplement feed. And yet you, here you are in the glorious Herefordshire countryside and your cows are in. So what, what is going on at the moment is that at this moment, although we're having lovely sunny days, yeah. we're still having frosts at night. Mm -hmm. So the grass is only growing very slowly. A little bit further down the valley where it's warmer, their grass is ahead of ours. But what we don't want to do is to turn the cows out and then have to bring them back in or take food out to them in the field. But that's what pasture fed does. It adds food into the field or... Well, no, it doesn't, you see. You're not allowed to take food. At the moment, they're getting hard food, barley meal with their minerals and so on, which helps them feed their calves, plus ad-lib hay and straw. Right. Once we put them out to grass, they don't get any more barley and they don't get any more hay. We're totally reliant on the grass, yeah. which is fine as long as it grows. But if the weather goes bad and there's no grass, then we have to turn around and bring them back in, which is very bad because that tends to put a whole upset in their diet. It's much better while we've got fodder here, which after all came from the grass in the first place, to keep them in a little bit longer. This week coming, we'll dehorn the oldest batch and then of calves. of calves, and then we will turn them out. Do girls have horns? Yeah. Girls and boys have horns. Girls and boys have horns. But what, Why would you take their horns off? Well, you don't want them to hurt either you or each other. Uh -huh. um, and if they grow too long, they can get very awkward with feeding barriers and so on. But basically, they're sharp right. and they hurt. But You can't see this, dear listener, but there's a really strange thing going on, in my view, which is loads of the cows are black... And all the calves are cream. Yeah. Why is that? And that's Bill? The calves are all Charolais crosses. Right. So, by and large, that that means that you get a grey result. It might be grey and white, but sometimes you get a brown one, like the one that you spotted earlier on. That's but not brown. The one. That's the, that's the most glorious. I don't. I can't even explain that colour. It's like a palomino. Horse colour. Yeah, sort of fawny colour. It's better than fawn. Yeah. It's rusty fawn. Basically, you, you sometimes get that colour, but mostly you get a variety of grey or grey and white, depending right. on the cow's parentage. The black cows are half Aberdeen Angus. Now, that has a significant benefit to us because Aberdeen Anguses, most, for the most part, are polled, which means they don't have horns. So if you have an Aberdeen Angus element in their genetics, very many of those calves, although they're by a horned bull, 
won't have horns, so we won't need to dehorn them. Right. That saves work, but it also saves the setback in their development of injecting them with local anaesthetic, dehorning them, and then the scars healing where they've been dehorned. Yeah. It doesn't set them back too much, to be fair. But if something goes wrong, if you get flies in the the wound, or you know something goes wrong, I have had one suffer anaphylactic shock from being dehorned which is something that's very rare, but we had to act very quickly because it just went out like you'd shot it. Now, I've got gossip that you don't know. Really? Yes. You know I like a bit of gossip. Well, you won't like this. Oh, dear. So last evening, I saw in the middle of the night, one of our friends and neighbours said that he was with the gun looking after the lambs in the field when a quad bike went by... Bredodyne over the bridge to mock us. He chased it to Jester Blakemere and then he couldn't catch up with it. And it turns out that two quad bikes have been stolen. And I think the changeover point is Blakemere. So we're going to have to look out because two quad bikes raced down the road and then were loaded into something or other. There have been a spate of quad bike thefts. Uh, both in this area and the sort of extended area around here and it seems that our criminal associates have decided that the police are occupied dealing with coronavirus and whatever else and that it's a free hit ah well i have a message if you listener are the quad bike thief bring it on because we've got full security cameras and we are ready to dob you in <laughs> well, brave words, but I um, hopefully the, the real way to combat them is if you're offered a cheap quad bike to buy, then you want to know very accurately where it's come from. Because if you get caught with a stolen quad bike, even if you bought it in good faith, it will be taken away from you at no benefit to you. So you lose your money. So um, just before I finish... Tell us what this cow is. Can you hear her? <laughs> eating. She's eating uh, grass seed straw, which is the residue from our grass seed crop, which produces grass seed for turf and golf courses and sports pitches. But the straw element, the bit that comes out of the back of the combine, we bale up for cow food. And it's a bit like hay, isn't it? It smells like hay, looks like hay. The cattle like it. And it does very well. Marjorie is being a great help at the other end of the shed, but anyway. <laughs> um, and the dogs. So do they like cows? I can't. Well, they, they seem a bit nervous. The dogs' habits with the cattle. Uh, the cattle are fairly used to the dogs, so that there isn't too much danger to the dogs. The dogs, however, have discovered that, and I hope you're not eating your breakfast, hmm. but they've discovered that calf muck from a suckled calf is really oh, rather the most luscious out. substance. And no. um, particularly your dog, Marjorie, hmm. um, enjoys this uh, foray into the cattle yards to uh, have this little benefit, mostly because she's on a diet most of the time. Um, but the problem with this is that Marjorie has very short legs. Mm. And when it's wet, like it was yesterday, she tends to end up Thank with you, a sort Margie. of tide mark halfway up her side where she trundles about in the muck. Yeah. Um, thanks, Phil. And uh, hopefully see you uh, back in the kitchen for a cup of tea. Ideal. 
Okay, so I've caught up with um, Farmer Phil. And Phil, we've had our first question in. Our question of the week um, <laughs> has come in. Danger, nervous. Um, so I've, uh, obviously we haven't got many listeners at the moment. Um, so it's a fairly local question. And now it's time for Ask Farmer Phil. Okay, so I'm with Rach and she's got a question for Farmer Phil because she does her dehorning of calves in a different way. Over to you, Rach. Hi, Farmer Phil. My question is, <laughs> why don't you use paste when the calves are little to dehorn them rather than using a dehorning iron, I presume you use? So, Rach, you've got cattle. How many have you got? Well, about uh, 40 cows, so they will all calve. Yeah. So as they they calve and they're born, we then tag and put the paste on the any buds that are there. So this paste, it just you just what, what do you do? How how does it work? Well, we uh, you have enough to have little scissors and you cut the hair off around what the little tiny bud that is there. Farmer's wife. Farmer's wife. And then you have a tube of this paste. You just squirt it onto the little bud that's there. Yeah. And that's it. Really? Yeah. And the horn doesn't grow. Wow. And how far up the road from from you from us are you? Uh, five miles. Then this revolution is happening. <laughs> it is around you. <laughs> I'm going to take this question, Rach, and I'm going to ask a farmer Phil what the reason is he doesn't use paste when dehorning his calves. Hurrah! We've never used paste, but that is an interesting question because where Monty worked, they used paste. Um, I've no experience of it, is the truth of it. I don't know whether it has any issues with the cows getting out the paste because it's pretty nasty stuff. Uh, it basically burns, you know, scalds. The, the horn bud on their head. She says you do it when they're so little yeah. that it's very little impact. Um, the other slight issue I have is that we would probably, because about half of ours, maybe a little bit, maybe a third, are polled, could you actually tell mm. which were polled and which were horned mm. that early on? But it's certainly something we can consider. Right, you flummoxed him. Farmer Phil has gone off to think about this, I can tell. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a valid question, and I don't just have the answer just like that. Um, and the calf this morning that you said had got blood down its face because yesterday you dehorned them. Yeah. What's the story there? Because obviously so, no one wants that. No. And what it what it is is that we dehorn them using local anaesthetic and a um, hot iron, and actually that has been a major progress because the latest hot irons work much better than the old propane-powered ones. So actually, normally, it's a neat and tidy job. But what you do have to be careful of is the use of the hot iron cauterizes any blood vessels that are around the horn bud. And you have to make sure that you've actually cauterized them. Interestingly, the calf this morning that had got a little bit of blood down his face was one that we had minor doubts yesterday and went back and sprayed it again with the blue spray and decided that he was all right. But I would guess what had happened was his mum had licked the sight of the horn bud and just made it bleed a bit so this morning we washed him off and cauterized it again with the dehorning iron and reapplied the blue spray and he seems fine if a little uh, battle scarred but he's, he's around. jumping around he's jumping he? around and he's here somewhere you can have a look at him in a minute okay um what was i going to say to um 
And yesterday, of course, you had to have another farmer in to help with dehorning. Mm, yep. So how's the social distancing? Oh, well, that's easy. That's no problem at all with the social distancing <laughs> because you will no doubt have seen on Facebook, particularly in the farming forums, one of the ways of establishing social distancing is to have a cow or a horse between you. And so we obviously did at all times. Excellent. Thanks, Phil. So I've caught up with Mavro, the Sharpe. He's like a walrus, but he's a dog. He's a good boy. And Monty, uh, for Monty's thought for the week on farm improvement. Now this one, Mont, I want to know about is one that you've actually implemented very recently. And um, so I'd like you to tell us about it. It's the herd watch. Yeah, so... I have to come a bit closer. Um, for however long I've been helping Dad with uh, cattle, I've had no idea about the systems or how he works out what we're doing with what cows or uh, how he registers the calves and stuff like that. So, wait a minute. So, you mean, what does he have to do? So, does he have to make sure that the ministry know about them but also know which ones have had which medicines or what? Yeah. what is it? all of that so you have to record exactly how much every animal has of medicine you have to record what their birthday they have yeah when they were born where they've come from or where they're going to there's a lot of stuff that you have to um write down and get correct otherwise it doesn't go well and okay. for however many years dad has used um an Excel spreadsheet that, to be fair, he has uh, worked on and got really good, but he's the only person that knows how it works, which means that I have literally no idea what's happening and when, when it's happening. And also it relies on him coming back in the house, having done the carving yeah. and inputting it into the spreadsheet, and he can't share it with anyone. Yeah, and he has to do it hours every four days or something just to write everything down that he can remember or you know it's just it's just an old way of doing it yeah so we spoke to an irish company called Herdwatch at one of the shows yeah and looked at their system and thought it was really good you could have a tailored system to a sucker herd and for not a great deal of money subscription you could have everything right on your phone what sort of money is it? I think we're paying £80 for the first year and up to oh, 150 right, okay. Yeah. Something like that. So roughly a pound a, a cow. Yeah, yeah about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and also I think on Dad's old system you would input your, your data into the Excel sheet, but then you'd also have to input births and whatnot into... BCMS, which is the online cattle registering Movement. facility. Yeah. Whereas this app just links it all together and it does it. So tell me what happens when you go and carve a cow. Uh, I will whip out my phone when I've decided everything's okay and the calf is all right, and input all the data I've got there currently. Not a tear tag until we tag it. 
Although I'm thinking of changing how we do that currently, but it's sort of in the teething process. Yeah. Um, write down all the details, um, and that's there ready to go. And when Dad comes to tag them, he can register them and tag them at the same time. And you know, when your dad was a boy and came back to the farm, one of the first things he implemented was the ability to look at the cows whilst he was in the house with a very um, challenging system of pulleys and cameras and and um, remote control systems that he put in place to be able to do this and come full circle and you've come back to the farm and you've implemented a security system that works on your phone which sees the cattle all the time yeah i did a, a lot of research on what the best way of doing it was um and we put in last week we put in cameras all over the yard for the security side of it which are brilliant we can record everything for i think it was a month or something like that um and is this primarily for theft yeah uh we used to get it a lot more than we do now yeah but it's i think it's really good to just have that there in case of anything like that um but you can catch loads of things on it you know unexpected things um anything really while you're on your tractor yeah so uh, well the best example i can give you is so we we put up uh like normal still cameras all around the yard and then we put up two um ptz's which are pan tilt zoom so you can go full 360 and zoom in 20 20 times and see every tag on the farm you can see you can see absolutely everything to unbelievable detail and basically a good example is i was drilling a field um probably a mile down the road and i had my phone set up on the side and I was watching a newborn calf in the carving pen uh, and I was just waiting to see um, whether it would get up and feed while I was there and over the course of the day I'd just keep an eye on it and when it was up and about I'd keep more of an eye on it and eventually I saw it sucking so that was it relieves your it gives you peace of mind because you know you don't have to feed it then it's it's done it's got its colostrum Brilliant. I, I could see it clear as day, which is brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Just before we go, what? how's this COVID-19 lockdown affecting you? The road's quieter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I've, I've stopped going and seeing my friends and uh, I don't live in my house anymore. <laughs> He's had to move in with us because uh, otherwise we have to do social distancing in the kitchen. So he's had to move in with us. Never mind. But other than that, it's no, not much different. Yeah. Just carry on. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wiggly Podcast. If you want to know anything more about us, just go to the website www.wigglywigglers.co.uk. And now you can leave a question for Farmer Phil or Terry or me if you really want to, even Monty. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.